0: So, um, we left off in Revelations chapter 19, verse 11. And this is probably my favorite part of Revelation. I mean, this might be my favorite part of the Bible, if I have a favorite part. At least my favorite prophecy. Because then this is it, you know. How many of you have enjoyed Revelation so far? i just going through it. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you. Well, thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. <laughs> help her, help. Help her be who you are and help us. Help us to understand. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation yes. in the knowledge of revelation right now and the knowledge of you, the revealing yes. of Jesus. Show us Jesus and all truth, Lord. And we, we you know, I feel that like I'm going to do it. Lord, I pray for the nation of Israel, even right now. Yes. Yes, Lord. And their eternal position before you, God. Yes. That you love them deeply. Yes. And we love them. And we bless Israel right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or anything we've ever said that's offensive to Israel, we repent. And we pray for them, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Verse 11. um, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. In righteousness he judges and makes war. Obviously this is the King of Glory. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. And I love that. As you know, it says in the Bible that the Word was with God and the Word was God. And man, here he is, the Word coming again. Um, And I've heard Michael Culeana say it. When God speaks, he speaks Jesus. You know, he is the word. It's awesome. Um, And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. How many of you know that that this is most likely both the angelic and the saints? But it it paints more of a picture of it being the saints (coughs) standing there in white garments. Uh, now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron he himself treads the wine press of the fierceness and wrath of almighty god i want you to take note that when he comes in his second coming what comes with him is his wrath so remember when, before when we were talking about the, tri- the difference between tribulation and wrath? The Bible makes a very clear distinction between the tribulation period in which all will that is, are alive on the earth will endure. I, I've, I've laid it clearly out that nowhere in Scripture, just when you just read the Bible, you will see that, that the Bible does not paint the picture that there is a pre-tribulation rapture that the church will mysteriously disappear. It doesn't, it doesn't paint that picture. It actually paints the picture that when we are caught up, people will know it. And when we, when he comes and splits the sky, people will know it. You know, Paul says that when he comes, that we'll be caught up in the twinkling of an eye and we'll be transformed. And he also says when we see him, we will be like him, meaning we'll be transformed in that moment as we are caught up into the clouds with the lord to be with him forever it says we are transformed into our glorified states at that point when you get born again your spirit becomes perfect transformed. your soul your mind will and emotions are being renewed to show forth the will of god which is that perfect spirit that is in you to be fully subjected and subdued to that spirit as Jesus did and walked the earth. This body will prosper as that soul prospers. As your soul begins to prosper, your body prospers. You know, how many of you know like, we're backwards in that most of the time. We're like, I need to feel right and then I can focus and get my mind right, you know. I need to stop feeling pain, I need to stop seeing that, then I'll be emotionally sound. But the Bible is it's interesting because the kingdom's different. God goes within and deals with the spirit of a man or woman and then begins to renew the soul, the mind, will, and emotions of a man or woman. And then that begins, as that renews, it then manifests in the body and the body begins to prosper as the soul prospers. Isn't that amazing? And part of that is believing the Word of God. Part of that is just accepting and receiving the will of God. How do we know that? Because Paul says. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. Or in other words, demonstrate the will of God. That your life becomes a living epistle of the will of God. That that literally as my soul is transformed, my mind, my will, and my emotions are transformed and renewed. I then begin to display Christ in the earth. This is what Paul talks about and calls perfection. Perfection is another word in in the Greek is actually maturity. Maturing in Christ. So when Paul says, I haven't yet obtained perfection, he's actually not even speaking of when we're transformed in the blinking of an eye. He's but but that is it, that is it, because that's when our bodies fully come. He's speaking to being perfected in the nature of Christ. He's he's speaking to, and what is what is full maturity in Christ? Full maturity in Christ means no matter what situation I'm in and no matter what I do, when I do it, I do what Jesus would do. That's maturity in Christ. It means that when I got born again, you see, and I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm going to go here. When you get born again, you see the Holy Spirit comes over you like he did Mary and impregnates you with the word, the seed, which is Jesus. And he puts that Jesus seed in you and you get born again and you become a baby. And just like a baby has to grow up and mature, you begin to grow up and mature. And as you begin to grow up and mature, you mature into the full measure of the man, Christ Jesus. Meaning what? It means that when I I was a child, I acted as a child, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put those childish things behind me. Meaning there does come a time when you take the diaper off. You know, There does come a time when you stop pooping yourself. You stop throwing up on yourself. You stop making all these messes. You know, you stop getting putting dirt in your mouth. You know, you've known better, you learn better, you grow up, you mature. And it's interesting that because in the world we mature in not needing our parents, but in the kingdom we mature into needing our parents. That's that's when you grow up in Christ, you don't grow up and separate from God, you grow up and become dependent upon God. You know? Yeah, come on. When you're a babe in Christ, and you're a babe in Christ, sometimes God has to come along and put you, if you will, to the breast of the Holy Ghost. So that you can drink that nourishment and that milk like a like a baby should. But when you begin to grow up in Christ, you don't want to become detached. You learn, I need to stay right there, attached to him. Receiving that nourishment. Receiving that life. Like, I'm so dependent. Humility, utter humility, which is the full nature of Christ. The highest character uh, of Christ is humility. The highest expression. Take of my yoke. Learn of my ways. I'm meek and lowly of heart. True humility is less of me, more of God. It's I'm God and I'm filled with God. Like, like I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. See, it's that dependence upon him. And that's what it means to grow up and mature in a man. So Paul says, until we get called up, that's what we're doing right now. That's why you're even here right now. That's the purpose of the church. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. You know, we have a father who is Father God, right? The church is the bride of Christ. The church mothers the children and the father fathers the children. How many of you know most kids grow up healthy and mature and in the right same mind when they have both parents? Like it's just statistically proven. You need both. That's what we need. And it's not like like the church and the body is Jesus. We talked about this on Sunday. If you reject the body, you reject the man. Like you got to have the body flowing and functioning in its fullness or you're never going to grow up and so that's the purpose now but paul says there comes a day when those of us who are alive will will see him and when we see him we'll instantly be like him. not only in spirit which is already true so you have to understand that it takes faith to really believe that it takes faith to believe that when you got born again you are fully perfectly like jesus in your spirit but that's a hard pill to swallow because you're like yeah but you don't know what i did last night You don't know the thoughts I I fought with or the things I did or or the things I said or how I treated somebody. Well, that's coming from your soul, not your spirit, you see, because your spirit's been born again. Now, pre-Christ, yeah, that's coming from your spirit. That's who you are. You're wicked in your spirit. You have a sin nature. But when you get born again, that goes away and you get Christ's nature. And now you grow up into your mind, will and emotions, the things you do and how you respond to people. You grow up and begin to act like Christ. You begin to manifest Christ. And it really gets fun when that starts blessing your body. That's when it really gets interesting. And then the word is made flesh in your life. You know the difference between the word not being made flesh and the word being made flesh is? Is I read the word and I see the word. That's the difference. I can read about it and learn about it, but it's different than when I actually do it. You know, I went to welding school. I have, I've, I've never, I don't use that degree. I got a, a useless degree. I'm still paying on it, by the way. Uh, I got a useless degree, welding degree. And, you know, I can learn all this stuff and sit in the middle of class and learn how to weld. But until I go pick up a welder and I actually done it, how many of you know the words I'm reading on those pages have not been made manifest? Right. But as I grow up in Christ, this word gets made manifest in my life and I show it forth in the earth around me. That's that's when it gets really funny. Anyway, though, but Paul says a day's coming when the sky splits, we'll see him, and pff, it's done, it's over. Boom. And that which is imperfect becomes perfect. That's when prophecy ceases. That's when words of knowledge cease. That's how I know also that there will be no pre tribulation rapture. How do I know that? Well, because do you believe that God still will be reaching out to the lost, even after the mark of the beast comes right up until the last moment? Didn't we read that um, even in his wrath, he's desiring that they would repent? Didn't we read that? So you're telling me that he says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And we're in the last and, pro- and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And you're telling me that in the last of the last of the last of the days, there ain't going to be prophecy. But he says that when perfection comes, we'll be perfected and then tongues will cease and prophecy will cease. Why? Because we've been perfect. We don't need them anymore. Does that make sense? Why? Because we see him and we, when we see him, we shall be like him. That means that if you die right now, and Paul says this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they like him. Okay? They've seen him. They're like him. They They see him. It, I see, and when it says see him, it doesn't mean like he came to me in a trance or a vision. It means I've seen the fullness of God. That's what it means even when it says nobody can behold God, least they die. It's talking about the... You can't... Man, I'm talking about the fullness of God. Like, pff, blows your mind. You know? But when we see him, when he comes, we'll be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. caught up. New bodies glorified, like never. There's not a there's not like a next. That's it for us. It's exciting, you know. It's exciting. Those people will never taste death, they will have washed themselves uh, through the tribulation period and endured the most trying time on the planet. And they will come out, and their reward will be that they literally never die, they just get transformed. It's amazing. He comes, and with him comes the fierceness and wrath of God Almighty. This is verse 15 the 16. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. The beast and his armies are defeated. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of the heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of people, free and slave, both great and small. I just read about this in Isaiah last night uh, during intercessory prayer. I had Isaiah open and was praying through it. And it literally says that you'll that the righteous will proceed in and there'll be corpses on the left and on the right. And this is what it's not like. It's like, dude, it's going to be, you're going to need to be glorified to behold that and still like have peace and joy. <laughs> You know, like, because it's going to be legit. Uh, I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the rest were killed with a sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh so all the armies of the earth are gathered around to fight the lamb all right jesus has come we've been caught up with him we've met him in the sky he's descending his wrath is co- is with him and uh in in the end he takes the beast the antichrist And he takes them and casts them into the lake of fire. Sorry, not the, uh, takes the Antichrist and the false prophet. Which again, people have tried to say that this is a spirit, but this clearly tells you that they're men. Because he says he takes them alive and throws them into, did you notice that? He says, but the rest he kills. So out of his mouth comes a sword and he destroys the kings and their armies, the rulers of the earth and their armies. But he takes the false prophet and the Antichrist, who are people, by the way. Fully possessed by the devil and takes them and throws them into the lake of fire. Alive, he says. They go straight, they're the first to go into the lake of fire. They're the first to actually they're the first to enter eternity. Because we don't yet enter eternity until and I'll get to that. If you die right now, I know we say it all the time, we enter into eternity. We enter into an eternal state, but we do not enter into where we will spend eternity. And I'm gonna show you that. It's been preached years, but it's been preached wrong, and I'm gonna show you why. Because it's not what the Bible says, and we just wanna line up with the Bible, you know. So anyway, he throws them into the lake of fire, because how many of you know like hell is not the final judgment? No. We're gonna see that as well. If you were to die right now, you go to hell, but hell is not the final judgment. The lake of fire is the final judgment and they're two different things. And you're going to see it in the middle because god takes hell and actually throws it into the lake of fire you're going to see there they're two different places hell is in the center of the earth and it's it is utter separation from god you'll see hell in the parable of lazarus and the rich man and it, it's sheol the place of the dead and at the time that abraham's bosom was in the center of the earth as well and that's where the saints when they died they went and there was a great chasm the bible says and the wicked were crossed in hell in a very dry place they were so thirsty, they just wanted a drop of water, but they could not, he said, I can't come to you. Uh, Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom, rich man is in uh, hell. And he couldn't, but when Jesus resurrected, if you remember in John, I think, I believe it is, uh, all, the, all the saints of old, they resurrected with Jesus. And so now when we die, we are literally with God in heaven, We're, we're we've, because it's ascended. When Jesus ascended, all that went with him, and we no longer go to Sheol, which is the place of the dead. But hell is still there. And that's where the wicked go and they remain. When we die, we go to heaven. Does that make sense? Are you following with me? And this is where the Catholics get purgatory from. But it's not really purgatory. It's hell. And it's all throughout the Bible. And so the Bible calls it Sheol, Gahana. You know, a couple of different different names. Um, David said this, You will not leave my soul in Sheol the place of the dead. Why? Because he knew Jesus was coming. Remember? It says Jesus goes three days in the center of the earth and preaches. And then again, when you read in John, when Jesus dies, all the saints resurrect. David literally goes and walks. David goes and walks. Like, can you imagine that? Like, your dead ancestors rose from the dead and they walked amongst the earth. It's kind of wild. Can you imagine Elijah like walking around? Well, Elijah wasn't there because he was caught up. But uh, Elisha, you know, and Samuel and, you know, I, I, you want me to prove that they were in the center of the earth before and they're not now? Do you want me to prove it? Yeah. Do you remember the cloud of witnesses that are up in heaven, the martyrs, right? Mm-hmm. But where did Samuel come from when the medium called him up or, well, for Saul? When Saul went and saw the medium and she conjures up the dead spirit of Samuel and says he came up from the ground because he was in the center of the earth in Sheol in the place of the dead yeah. this is just Bible guys it's just Bible but it's been preached actually lazily what it is is instead of going into what I'm going into now they just said it's just easier if we say when we're going to spend eternity in heaven and we're going to spend eternity in hell and it's just easier and so I'm just going to do that but that's not what the Bible says it says hell is where the wicked are waiting for judgment hmm. and we're getting into that heaven is where the righteous are remaining for judgment see I'm going to show you because the Bible is going to say clearly that the heavens pass away and the earth passes away God says and go back to, to Peter and Peter says it too we know that there will be a new heaven and a new earth because God will destroy both and create a new heaven and a new earth and God's dwelling will be amongst men and that's our eternal position I'm getting ahead because I can hear thoughts and wheels turning, and so I hear thoughts are like, "What? Whoa! I've believed this my whole life, and I'm like, I understand, and you believe kind of rightly. You believe kind of rightly, but I'm just gonna read it because it's it's right here. Okay, you ready? All right. Have I intrigued you enough? All right. So you're like, "This dude is out of his mind," but it's the Bible. It's really the Bible. I understand. I'm not. I'm actually not teaching anything new. I'm just reading. I'm just telling you the Bible. It's. We've just been, anyway, lazy. Alright, so they're thrown into the lake of fire. Somebody say lake of fire. fire. It did not say hell. Okay, Uh, Burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword. Guess where they went? They went to hell. Do you see it makes a distinction? These he threw in the lake of fire, and these he killed. So when he killed them, they were wicked and evil. Did they go right into the lake of fire? No, they did not. Only the beast and the false prophet In that moment are thrown in the lake of fire You see, I'm just reading the Bible Listen These two were cast alive They never died Into the lake of fire Burning with brimstone And the rest were killed with the sword Which proceeded from his mouth Of him who sat on the horse And all the birds were filled with their flesh Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit, that's hell, by the way, and a great chain in his hand, he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, so not the antichrist and the false prophet, he's already thrown them in the lake of fire, this is Satan himself, and bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up and set a seal on him, so that he should not deceive the nations no more, Till the thousand years were finished But after these things He must be released for a little while Then I saw So here's Jesus coming Right Opens his mouth Destroys the Antichrist The false beast's army Kills them They go to hell Throws the lake of those Throws the beast The false prophet in the lake of fire Then an angel comes Wraps probably Michael But we don't know that But I'm, I'm, I don't know who else But anyway <laughs> Grabs Satan Wraps him up And casts him into hell, locks him up in hell for a thousand years. The bottomless pit locks him up. Listen to this. And I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Who is that? That's us. Do you remember Paul said, will we not judge men and angels? Do you not know that you will judge men? And he said, why are you in the household of God suing each other? Is there not one among you who can judge between the two of you? Why are you going to the courts of the world? Don't you know will judge men and angels Meaning like rise up you'll judge And so here we are with Christ In the thousand year reign And he sets up thrones and, and judgment was committed to them Then I saw listen The souls of those who had been beheaded For their witness to Jesus And for the word of God Who had not worshipped the beast or his image And had not received his mark on their foreheads Or on their hands And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years Who, who are these? These are the ones that the Christians who died during the tribulation period. The pre-tribulation rapture doctrine would tell you that these are people who got saved after. And it's funny because they'll say they got saved after God catches away the church and lifts away the Holy Spirit, because there's a scripture that says after the Holy the Holy Spirit is the one that holds them back and the man of lawlessness, and he can't appear until the one that holds him back is restrained. That's what it says. But it's that's a mystery, and that is not. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Because how do you get saved? You're born again by what? Faith. Power of the Holy Spirit. So how in the world did you get born again and not take the mark if the Holy Spirit is gone? You don't. It's impossible. And it's blasphemy, actually. Wow. It's blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. I don't know. God will sort that out. But listen to this. They're there. They're beheaded for their witness to Jesus and the Word of God. They love not their lives even unto death. So again, the, the Antichrist, which we we I believe I'll see, you know, but it, it you know, here he comes. Take the mark, you don't take the mark, you don't renounce Christ, I'm gonna kill you. You can't buy, sell, and trade without the mark. We will be alive for that time. Anyway, so um we're not magically gonna disappear and the world's gonna wonder where we are. Uh if you've ever seen the movie Left Behind, they had it wrong that is not in the bible at all um anyway in my in, i mean if the Bible's i was going to say my opinion but that's just bible anyway matthew 24 you can read that but uh verse five but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were were finished right mm-hmm. this is the first resurrection did you know there were two resurrections yes many of us think there's just one but it says that this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, and they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. So we get resurrected first. And we reign with him for a thousand years. This is the army that came back from with him. They were dead, but are alive and are coming with him. Do you see? Those are those who have... Paul, Paul actually didn't even say they died. Paul said they've fallen asleep in the Lord. That if you die right now as being born again, he says you, you're it's like you fell asleep in the Lord. Why? Because we don't die; we live forever, and they return with the Lord. And then those who have been martyred are resurrected. Uh, it says this: Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. So Satan gets really He been, so. So for a thousand years, we're ruling and reigning with Christ. Jesus is in a literal Jerusalem. And we can go visit him. Those of us who have glorified bodies, we can transport in the spirit. We can fly. If I want to go to Barbados, I can go to Barbados. Like, I'm probably not going to want to. I'm probably going to want to go sit at the feet of Jesus. Um, but you'll. this is where a lot of people get things confused because you can go back and read in different translations or in different chapters of the Bible and it talks about the, where sin can't enter the holy city. And it says the wicked will be on the outside like in Ezekiel 47 and stuff. You read that. That's during this thousand year reign. It says that, if, if a child dies at 120 years during this time, it'll be counted as an early death under them. I believe that's in Isaiah And so what is it talking about because Satan has been bound? Well, where do you think sickness disease death all that comes from the power of Satan? So for a thousand years Satan's gonna be bound up not deceiving anybody like there's going to be healing. And even those who don't believe, who didn't believe and weren't transformed in their glorified body will live on the earth and it will be restored and they literally can live. They can be born in the thousand year reign and live through the whole reign. It'll be just like the garden. and like, what well, we came out of the garden. Does that make sense? The earth will be as though it, because Satan is bound up and that, that years and years and years that Satan spent advancing his power. Remember Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil and he healed the sick, cast out demons, all that. Satan's bound up. He has no power for a thousand years. But then he is released. This blows my mind. Listen to this. And he'll go out and deceive the nations. <laughs> so you're telling me that the visible Jesus is in Jerusalem? You know the Bible's true? You know it and, you, and you're you still able to be deceived? This means that people born in the millennial reign for a thousand years are born can live all the way through the millennial reign with no Satan, no tempter. Now, no tempter. They're still born with a sin nature because they're not yet born again. But there's no tempter. He's bound up. His power's gone. You can literally pull leaves and be healed in Jerusalem. Yeah. Like healing's foot. you got supermen and women, us, in glorified bodies, ruling the earth. Like you're set over here in China. You're set over here in Youngstown. And we're ruling and reigning in glorified bodies, meaning I'm immortal. Mm -hmm. When we see him, we'll be like him. Maybe I got eyes burning like fire. And I'm glowing. (laughs) And you're born and you live a thousand years. And somehow Satan still deceives you. That blows my mind. That they still will rebel against God. It blows my mind, man. Blows my mind. But that's what it says. And I've got to see the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. So it ain't just a few people. Mm-hmm. And they went up to the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints. Somebody say camp of the saints. Camp. Who's in the camp of the saints? The saints. That's right. And the beloved city. What's the beloved city? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And fire came down from God. I know everybody's like, I'm going to be there and fight the final battle. You ain't going to do nothing. Your king and God is going to do it all. We ain't got to do nothing. We don't save us. We don't keep us. And we certainly don't destroy the enemy. He does. We get to be loved and to love Fire came down of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. So, again, this is not hell. See, the only people in there is the, is the beast and the false prophet. And then the devil goes next. And they will be tormented day and night forever. So that's hell is not the eternal destination. The lake of fire is. Do you see that day and night forever? And I'm going to show you this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. These are all that were not born again. These are the dead standing before God. Listen to this. Uh, this is everybody. Uh, and books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So he keeps a record. Do you know God keeps a record of your wrong until you get born again? We like to say love keeps no record of wrong, but he's telling you right now. But how do you get access to that love? It's a free gift. It's a free gift. You're, he says he removes your transgressions and remembers them no more when when you repent and come to Jesus but until then it says it right here listen they're judged according to their works everything they ever did he, the Bible says you'll be judged by every idle word that you speak it's recorded the sea gave up the dead who were in it death and Hades which is hell anytime you see Hades that's you can. If, if somebody has a KJV version that might even say hell um, you know, different translations, whatever, say death and hell. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. So again, there's a separation between the lake of fire and hell. And they were judged, each one according to their works. Then death and hell, Hades, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So your first death is, was Sheol until Christ, Right. Unless you're born again. Then when you were born again, because they hadn't yet, be, they believed in the promise and had faith, so they were able to stay in Abraham's bosom. But after Christ, Christ preached the gospel to them. You know, you realize that. It says that. He went in the earth and preached the gospel in the center of the earth for three days. what he says. That means they got born again, you know. So now they can go to heaven because the sin nature is no more. They couldn't go because of the sin nature. But because they had faith and believed on Jesus by faith and prophecy, I'm talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them. They see, oh, this is the one. Can you imagine, bro, they're in Abraham's bosom in the center of the earth, and then Jesus steps on the scene. And David comes up and goes, son of David, my son, my Lord, and falls to his feet. You're the one I've been waiting for. You said you would not leave my soul in Sheol. Can you imagine that, man? They're freaking out, dude. Uh-huh. Abraham's like, I remember you when I tithe to you. Uh-huh. You know? Abraham's like, Melchizedek. Uh-huh. You know? Ha! Ah, Jesus! Uh-huh. Elisha's like, I remember the day. I cried out to you and I smacked the water with my mantle. And it split. Uh-huh. My master, was Elijah's mantle at that time. Uh-huh. And it split and I walked through. You know? Uh-huh. Come on. Sam, I remember when you called to me in your temple and I heard your voice. Man, can you imagine that? Whoo, they've been waiting. Some of them for thousands of years, you know. Yes. Think about it. Like Noah's like, yeah, man, I remember when you told me to build the ark. I've been waiting this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Woo. Help us, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Then death, Hades, we're casting the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. I Meaning, they are not born again. It means your 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 name is not written in the Lamb's book of life until you know yeah. you're born again. Yeah. So here it says the sea gave up its dead as well. So yeah. is that another location of, of outside of Sheol and uh, and Abraham's bosom? It it, it, it it very well could be. I haven't done like a word study on that, um, but. But again, again, it could be where Catholics are getting, you know, purgatory and, and, and things like that. But um, it, it sounds like, you know, maybe they're talking about bodies. Right, you know? right. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're separate, but their bodies still. It, it, yeah, really you see there. what I'm saying? Yeah, the right, the right. spirit is in hell, yeah, but the body's sense. buried on the earth. Yeah, and you do sense. are you you're going to resurrect in your body. You know, everybody will resurrect. Everybody gets resurrected from the dead, even the wicked. But they're resurrected unto the second death. You know, they're brought back to life only to... That makes sense. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? That's how I take it anyway. Because he's saying the dead, the earth, like it's, it's the, yeah. the natural body. and The death in Hades is where the, the spirit is, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of bodies out there at the bottom of that water, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, and to be absent from the... So you've got to think, too, everybody that were there under the flood, like all that. Um. now I saw listen to this I love this And then it, it moves after everybody's judged and get cast into the lake of fire he sees the, the eternal, eternal judgment is lake of fire for those who are not born again and if you go up it says they'll be tormented day and night forever that's why we need to share Jesus with people because that's their faith uh, 21 says now I saw a new heaven and a new earth Somebody say for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no sea. No more sea. So many will teach you that Jesus is coming to redeem the earth, but he's not. He's coming to destroy it. In this new heaven and new earth, there's no sea. So you beach lovers, I'm sorry. There's no sea. You gotta enjoy it now. You gotta enjoy it now. Well, we got the thousand year round. We got the thousand-year rain. But let me tell you, there's something much more beautiful than a beach to Amen. be I don't even know. You can be at the beach during the thousand-year rain. I plan to be right at his feet, if you'll let me. Um, also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Somebody say, as a. As a That's a lot different than this is the bride. And it? I just wanted to point that out because many would tell you this is the church, but it's an actual city. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And when it's talking about God here, it's it's referencing the Father. The Ancient of Days. He who has never, uh, well, that we know of, He's the destination, yeah. Uh, and it says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Which also tells you there will be death in the thousand-year reign. Uh, I believe, too, though, we could resurrect the dead. I mean, if Jesus... I mean, we're in our glorified state. So if you're over a region, and you're ruling for a thousand years over that region... And somebody in your region dies. I totally imagine you have the power to, but I bet you you'll know the will of God so accurately that if it's not his will, you won't touch it. But you'll, does that make sense? Oh, you'll yeah. know because how many you know people could still like have accidents and fall in it. The devil won't be working, but life will still be happening. Yeah. It'll be life without the devil for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. So, this earth before which is just the justice of God. This earth, before the judgment, will, like all of creation, will experience what it would be like without the devil, which is awesome. That God gives that to, to all the animal lovers and all that. They will experience a life without the devil for a thousand years. Oh. So anyway, then it goes, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no so- nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes, somebody say overcome, Overcome. shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving Abominable, murderous, sexually Immoral, sorcerers, idolaterals And all liars shall have Their part in the lake which burns with Fire and brimstone which is the second death He notice he says they don't have their part In hell, they have their part In the lake of fire because That's where he's looking In the lens of eternity now He's showing you the eternal destination The new heaven, the new earth and then The lake of fire Um Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a Jasper stone, clear as crystal. She also had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Isn't it cool? We're going to hang out with angels forever. Um, Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, its length, breadth, height and are equal. Then he measured its wall 144 cubits according to the measurement of a man, that is of an angel. Did you catch that? It's interesting. Which angel? The one that stands 10 feet tall or the one that stands like three stories tall? Which angel? Probably three stories if it's heaven. So you know, the construction of its wall was Jasper. I'm just uh, assuming, by the way. And the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third, I don't know how to pronounce that, the the fourth, emerald, the fifth, I don't know how to pronounce that, the sixth, serenus, the seventh, don't know how to, crystallite, the eighth, beryl. the ninth, topaz, the tenth, I don't know how to pronounce that, the eleventh, jasnith, I think it is, and the twelfth, amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, and each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold-like, transparent glass. Many people testify that this is in heaven right now. But it will come down. And so you see the merging of two. The two realms. Mm -hmm. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated. It. The lamb is its light and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Uh, again, there is no sun in the new earth, in the new heaven. God is its light. I just read it. The lamb is its lamp. The city had no need of a sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. It's amazing. The Lamb is the light and the nations of those who are saved. It, I, want, I want to stop here because I want you to take a picture of where God, this is, remember, when God's, God's idea of perfection forever is right here. What is, he, what is he saying? There is no temple. The Lamb and the God is the temple. There is no sun and moon. The Lord is its light. Ultimately, he's saying, "I want to be your everything. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, all you need is me. Yeah. Think about this. that's that's the final say. To all, all you need is me. Like it's this is his perfect picture of everything. All you need is me, and it'll show you how to live your life. All you need is him." All the nations and those who save shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut all day by night. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal. So we get a river. We don't have a beach, but we have a river. The river of life, crystal clear, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit. So we will eat um, each fruit every, every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I want to stop here and I want to show you how he's the God who was, is, and is to come, and so is his kingdom. His kingdom was, is, and is to come. The curse was broken by Jesus, but how many of you know that we the people can still be under curses and the earth still under curse and like you know, we see the effects of sin and sickness and disease and things like that. But when we pray, what we're actually doing is we're decreeing this into now. Does that make sense? And that's how that's what that's what it was. Even Jesus healing was a prophetic declaration of this reality. When Jesus came healing on the earth, that's what it was. So we have the power. The curse has been broken and is defeated just as the lamb was slain in the foundation of the earth. But he didn't manifest until 2000 years ago. Does that make sense? It's, it is finished but here's the finished product does that make sense his servants shall serve him listen to this they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads there shall be no night there they need no lamp or no no light of the sun he repeats it again anytime God repeats something pay attention and the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever This says this shows you what you're going to be doing forever is looking at him. And he's going to be shining on you. And you're going to be staring at him. And he's going to be shining on you. And you're going to be lost in it. Bliss, man, forever. Just imagine the most blissed out state you've ever been in his presence and multiply by a gazillion. And you're just blissed out looking at him. and He's just shining on you. And you're just caught up forever and ever and ever. And that's, oh, man, that's wild. The spirit and the bride say, come, man. And there shall be no night there they need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever then he said to me these, are words, are, these words are faithful and true and the Lord God of the Holy prophets sent his angels to show his servants the things which must shortly take place I want to remind you he said shortly 2000 years ago you better believe it shortly Behold, I'm coming quickly. He said that 2,000 years ago. You better believe it's quick. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard, I saw and I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. Obviously, he means when all these things manifest. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Do you know what his reward is? It's him. Yeah, it's him. It is him what better reward is there he's the pearl of great price i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end the first and the last blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the life tree of life and may enter through the gates into that city but outside are dogs sorcerers and sexually immoral murderers and adulterers and whoever loves and practices a lie I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. I, I love this because there's good doctrine here and I want to point it out real quick and then we'll move on because this is the last bit. But people are terrified of the Antichrist rising. He just showed you tribulation, wrath, all this stuff and literally told you how your heart posture should be. Even so come. Because man, what's at the end of this thing so much better. It's it's ecstasy, it's bliss there's no words to adequately describe what we get, you know. It's him in his fullness, unhindered, unheld back, all of it. It's amazing. I love it. It's really good doctrine to understand that the spirit and the bride say, Come, when you don't desire the coming and calling of the Lord, you're not being your bride. You're not being led by the spirit. Think about that. And then he also says, Let him who thirsts come. And he's speaking, how many know he's speaking to now? Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Just like Jesus said, if you knew who was sitting here before you, you would ask him for a drink. This is speaking to you now. It's really good doctrine because it's saying even now, when we get intoxicated in the Holy Spirit, when we drink of the water, when we dwell in Christ, when we commune with him, that we can access this eternal reality. That That's what happens, guys. When you get blissed out in the presence and you feel the peace and the power of God, that's what you're you're touching your eternal position and it brings life because it is life uh, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book and if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book how many of you know what he's talking about is if I jump over here where it says, but outsider, dog, sorcerer, sexual morale, murderous, idolatrous, and whoever loves and practices lie. And I said, well, God loves everybody, and everybody's saved, and they're gonna get in anyway, that I'd be adding to this book, because it doesn't say that. And I definitely don't wanna not talk about the lake of fire or the new heaven and the earth, because then I'd be taking away things, but anyway. Um, He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly, amen, Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I love John's response. He's like, I ain't got nothing to add to it, boys. (laughs) He's like, I'm just gonna repeat what I said. I'm gonna say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Grace of the Lord be with you. Peace. (laughs) He's like, He just said, Don't add to the book, I ain't adding, you know. See you at the dinner. See you at the dinner. Oh, man. Isn't the Lord Jesus wonderful?